this episode of Cold Talk. I'm your host, Cole Martins, and thank you guys for joining me here today. For the latest information on the show, you can follow me on Twitter and like me on Facebook at Cold Talk. That is at C-O-L-E-D-T-A-L-K. Either you can message me questions or topics you'd like to hear on the show, and even tweet with me during the events. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Also, don't forget to hit the subscribe and or follow button to get alerts when the newest episodes are released. Also, I'd like to thank my brother Landon Barnes for the amazing artwork on his page. And to see some more of his work, you can visit his Instagram at Mr. Fancy Land. That is at M-R-F-A-N-C-Y-L-A-N. Coming up on today's episode, we're going to be talking about sports and a lot going on around the sports. As a bunch of leagues are starting up, the playoffs are beginning around other sports. And we are getting into midseason form in football. As today, we'll be talking about the MLB playoffs, which has started on Friday. We are going to talk about what happened in the wildcard rounds and get you ready for the visual series. We'll talk about last week's key games in the NFL and in college football, which eight drivers advanced in the round of eight of the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs. Things heating up between the Golden State Warriors as there's an altercation in one of the practices, and also the NHL season is underway. So a lot of great things. I mentioned a lot of great things happening in sports. We're going to start off this episode with the MLB playoffs. Uh, big three-game series, uh, two-game series for most of the teams, I guess, as in the wildcard round is finished, as a lot of upsets, you can say, in the wildcard rounds as well. Uh, we'll talk about what the matchups are going to be in the playoff uh, divisional series between each team, uh, between the, each uh, series we got here. Uh, starting off with the American League divisional series, we have the number five seed Seattle Mariners taking on the number one seed Houston Astros. For Seattle, they were able to beat the Blue Jays 2-0 in the wildcard First, again, this is their first playoff experience for the Seattle uh, Mariners since 2001. So, getting a sweep to start off for them. Uh, in game one, they were able to beat them 4 to nothing with starting pitcher Luis Castello going 7 and one, uh, one third innings, 6 hits in 5Ks. Also, Cal uh, uh, Raleigh went 1 for 4 with 1 home run and 2 BR, RBIs in the game to help out that offense pick up the win. And then in game two, it was a high scoring game. Uh, but the Mariners were able to win that one 10 to 9 to eliminate the Blue Jays. Designated hitter Carlos Santana with two for four with one home run, three RBIs, and a run. And shortstop JP Crawford went one for five in this game with three RBIs. And this is the and the Mariners became the third team in MLB history to overcome a seven-run deficit uh, uh, in the postseason to advance the ALDS. Uh, that was according to ESPN. It's also the largest comeback by a road team in postseason history. And that is according to Fox Sports. So uh, the Seattle Mariners, not a team that's been in the playoffs in over 21 years. Yet they uh, played in that wild card run like they've been doing it for a long time. And were able to beat the higher seed before seed Blue Jays to advance. But now they have a very tough test as they take on the Houston Astros who won the AL West. And were the number one t- seed in the American League with a record of 106 and 56, uh, led by their could be Cy Young winning pitcher Justin Verlander, who coming into this game, at least last I checked, he had an ERA of 1.75. Uh, also on Tuesday, he became 12th all time in strikeouts with 3,198. Uh, again, like I mentioned, in the Cy Young chase, and it looks like he might be getting that. Uh, but a very powered offense for the Houston Astros team. Uh, very good pitching as well. That is why they are the number one seed in the AL. So it'll be interesting to see how this matchup is going to go. Of course, Seattle having a lot of hot bats as well. Uh, this should be a fun series and one that could go longer than a lot of people are expecting. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Houston Nationals winning this series. I think they will take it in six. The other game in the ALDS, we have the number three seed Cleveland Guardians taking on the number two seed New York Yankees. Cleveland were able to sweep the Tampa Bay Rays 2-0 in the wild card. And game one, the Cleveland would win 2-1 with Shane Beaver going 7 and 2 third innings, 3 hits, 1 earned run, and 8 strikeouts in the game. Third baseman Jose Ray, uh, Ramirez was able to win the game for the Guardians as they hit a, he ended up hitting a 2-run homer in the 6. That would give them the lead and they would not lose it. And Game 2, another low-scoring game that ended up in 1-0 and ended in the 15th ending by a walk-off by our uh, Oscar Gonzalez, I should say Oscar Gonzalez, I'm repeat that, as he would hit a home run to win that one to have the Cleveland Guardians advance to the next round. So the young team keeps it going as now they take on the powerful team of the New York Yankees who won the AL East and are number two seed in AL with a record of 99 and 63. And before, since we talked last time on Tuesday, Aaron Judge broke 
Roger Maris, 1961 AL home run record with 62 home runs on the season. He did that against the Texas Rangers on Tuesday. So congratulations to Aaron Rodge, uh, sorry, Aaron, Rodge, Aaron Judge for becoming the AL home run record all-time leader in a season. Um, now the many questions about this is, is he the true home run king? It depends on who you talk to, I guess. In the stat book, no, he is not. That is still Barry Bonds. But with all the players ahead of him that have were connected to the steroid era, it's hard to not say that he is a true home run king of all of baseball. But again, everybody has their own opinion on that one. I'll let, I'll let you decide on what you want to think on that one. Uh, but in my opinion, it, it, yes and no at the same time. Yes, in the stats book, he will not be that home run king. But with what he's done, which is a crazy thing, uh, he is technically, uh, at least in AL, he is the home run king overall. But again, I'll let you guys judge that one. But the home run ball was caught by somebody and... Uh, whatever that person does with that ball, uh, up to them. From what I heard, at least is what I've been told, that it was caught by some guy who has a lot of money already and decided he said he will not sell it. From what I did hear from ESPN, though, he was offered $2 million by an auction house, but he declined it. Uh, again, cool thing to be able to keep for yourself. I respect that if he wants to keep that, especially if he has money as well. Uh, good for him to have that kind of legendary thing in your family that can sit around your house. Uh, again, I might be the only one of the few people that might say this, but honestly, I would try to sell it to the Hall of Fame just so that everybody could see it. Uh, especially a cool part of history like that. I think everybody should be allowed to see it a little bit. Uh, then again, if you want to try to get something out of it, I don't blame you either at all. Uh, but either way, congratulations to that guy from getting that home run ball and I guess being able to keep it around his house for right now. Uh, but again, the, we have the Cleveland Guardians taking on the New York Yankees in the divisional series. Uh, this one, I do the Yankees win this one. Would not be surprised if this series ends in five games, but we'll see if uh, Cleveland will be able to uh, come around and get maybe make a little more pressure on the New York Yankees in, in this one. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Yankees winning this one in five games. Now let's head over to the National League Divisional Series. And we'll start off with these number six seed Philadelphia Phillies taking on the number two seed Atlanta Braves. Philly was able to beat the Cardinals 2-0 in the wild card. Uh, in game one, they were able to score six runs in the ninth to win 6-3. Uh, second baseman Gene Segura. Had a two-run RBI single in that inning to help them get the win in that one. This is also the Cardinals' first postseason loss while leading by two runs in the eighth inning or later. That's according to Fox Sports. Then we head over to Game 2 where the Phillies were able to win 2 to nothing. Uh, starting pitcher Aaron Nola went 6-6 six, six in six two-thirds endings. Four hits, zero earned runs, and six Ks. Left fielder Kyle Schwarber and defensive, uh, excuse me, designated hitter Bryce Harper each had an RBI in that game. Phillies also announced they would remove it, the interim tag from manager Rob Thompson as he has now signed a two-year deal. So congratulations to him on uh, filling in for the Phillies uh, midway through the season and now becoming the permanent manager for the next two years for this team. So uh, got to have the fan base excited for that one. Do now have a permanent manager going into next year. And then we'll, their opponent uh, will be the Atlanta Braves who won their fifth straight NL East title. They were second in the NL, finishing 101-61. and 61. Again, a very powerful Atlanta Braves team, a team that won the World Series last year. So looking to repeat once again. And they'll have to get through Philly to continue on that road. And I do believe they will get through Philly. Again, this could be a five-game series as well. I think they have enough uh, star power on this team to be able to take out this Philadelphia Phillies team in five. And last but not least, we have the number five seed San Diego Padres taking on their NL West rival. The number one seed Los Angeles Dodgers. San Diego had a big upset in this one as they were able to beat the New York Yan New York Mets 2-1 to uh, one in this series. Only game that went to three series in the wild card. In game one, the Padres would win that one 7-1. Starting pitcher Yo Darvish won seven innings, six hits, one earned run, and four Ks. And left fielder Jorickson Profar went two for three with a home run and three RBIs. In game two, the Mets were able to pick up the win in that one 7-2. As their star player in this one was second baseman Jeff McNeil, who went one for four with two RBIs. And in game three, the Padres were able to win that one, shutting the Mets out six to nothing. Uh, pitcher Joe Musgrove went seven innings, one hit allowed in five Ks. And overall in the game, they only allowed one hit in that one. Uh, right fielder Juan Soto and center uh, catcher, I should say, Austin Nola. I'm starting to think football too much. Uh, each had two RBIs in this game. And they held the Mets to the fewest hits in playoff game history for this franchise, which again was only one hit. So, uh, Stadio Padres coming this game, series pretty good. But again, going against Los Angeles Dodgers, who won the NL West and were the number one team in MLB this year with 111 wins and 51 losses. 
Uh, again, a very, very good Dodgers team again this year. And I do expect them to win this series as well, as I think they'll end up beating the Padres. I think this game will go a bit longer because this again, two teams that see each other quite a bit this year. I do believe this game will end in six games, but the Dodgers will advance and go to the National League Championship Series. So again, a lot of great series going on this week in the MLB in the divisional round. Uh, be excited to see what is going to happen between these teams. Uh, but again, those all games all begin uh, by the time this episode is aired. Uh, the series will series will already have began. Uh, but again, a lot of great action going to be happening on MLB this week, and we'll see who advances to the championship series. Now for some news around the Major League Baseball. Uh, some news that has happened recently in the last couple days. Kansas City Royals have fired manager Mike Mitia. Tini, excuse me, according to ESPN, uh, his career record with the Royals was 165, 219 in three years as a manager, uh, zero wins in that one. So the Royals will be looking for a brand new manager uh, coming next year. Also, uh, two careers also ended in the divisional series as well, as I should uh, should have mentioned probably with that one. But the St. Louis Cardinals get eliminated to nothing, like I mentioned earlier, to the Philadelphia Phillies, which ended the careers of Albert Pujols. And Yadira uh, Molina, as uh, for Albert Pujols, his career, absolutely incredible career, and easily a first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, playing 12 years, seasons with the Cardinals, 10 with the Angels, and 1 with the Dodgers. During that time, he has had won two World Series with the Cardinals, three MVPs in his career, uh, 12-time All-Star, two-time Golden Glove, six-time Silver Slugger, also winning a battle title at one point in his career, also the National League Championship Series MVP. Uh, and his stats by himself are just easy enough to get him in the Hall of Fame. 3,384 hits in his career, which is 10th all-time. 686 doubles, which is 5th all-time. 703 home runs, 4th all-time. And 2,218 RBIs, which is 2nd all-time. Uh, Albert Pujols has been an honor to watch him throughout my life and is just an incredible career he's had. And just what he did to end this year was absolutely incredible as it didn't seem like he was going to reach that 700 home run mark, but he just caught on fire the last two months and was able to reach it, even go past it. Uh, so congratulations to him on his career. I uh, hope he enjoys the rest of his life doing whatever he has to do. But I will say that we will be seeing him in the Hall of Fame uh, sooner rather than later. Then uh, Yadari uh, Molina, uh, also a great career by him. Played all 19 seasons of his career with the Cardinals. Again, another two-time World Series uh, champion. 10 All-Star games for him, 9 Golden Gloves, 4 Platinum Gloves, and a Silver Slug Award. He had 2,168 hits in his career, 408 doubles, 176 home runs, and 1,022 RBIs. So again, another guy who is probably more than likely going to be in the Hall of Fame at some point. Well, but congratulations to both these guys on a fantastic career, a very long career as well. And wish them the best here in the future with retirement. Now let's head over to the NFL as week five is complete for the NFL uh, season as we go over the top games from that week. And we'll start off with the major game of the week, which was the Baltimore Ravens who were able to beat the Cincinnati Bengals 19-17 to to now take the AFC North lead as Baltimore moves to 3-2 and on the season. Uh, they were led by tight end Mark Andrews in this game, who had eight receptions for 89 yards and one touchdown. Quarterback Lamar Jackson with 174 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Also had 58 rushing yards in this one as well. And the leading receiver in this one was wide receiver uh, Devin Duvernay with five receptions for 54 yards. And they were led points-wise by their amazing kicker, Justin Tucker, who went 4-for-4 four four in this game, including the game winner. And also this win for the Baltimore Ravens snaps a franchise record five-game losing streak at home, so uh, shocking that they've lost five straight games at home. I didn't know about this story. I read about it uh, recently, but they now end that streak and now look to continue rolling here into the season. As for the Bengals, they take another step back as quarterback Joe Burrow in this one uh, throwing for 217 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Also had a rushing touchdown. Should also mention the Bengals were now two and three on the season. Uh, running back Joe Mixon, 78 yards rushing in this game. Tight end Hayden Hurst, six receptions, 53 yards, and a touchdown. And wide receiver Jamar Chase with seven receptions for 50 yards. And for wide receiver T. Higgins, he only played for a few plays in this one before getting an injury. Uh, we'll see his questionables right now, so we'll see if he'll be ready for next week. Uh, but a big game, I mentioned a big game for both these teams. Uh, a chance to be on top of AFC North coming out of week five. The Ravens were able to capitalize on this one. 
Uh, both offenses did not look too good in this one. There were times where both these offenses were just struggling, it seems like. So both these defenses stepping it up this week. I didn't expect this to be uh, slow scoring. I thought this would be a little bit more high scoring in this one. Uh, but again, great job by both these defenses to be able to keep uh, each team under control. And the Ravens were able to edge it out at the very end to pick up the win. And again, take the lead in the AFC North. Another game that had a divisional battle was in the AFC West as the Kansas City Chiefs were only able to hold on and beat the Las Vegas Raiders 30-29. The Chiefs were moved to 4-1 on the season. Tight end Travis Kelsey having uh, maybe one of the weirdest stats games I've seen in a while, but absolutely incredible game for him. Seven receptions for 25 yards and wait for it. Four receiving touchdowns on the game. Absolutely incredible uh, how open he can get in the red zone, but he did it in this one. So again, Travis Kelsey, the four-touchdown game. Quarterback Patrick Mahomes, 292 yards and four touchdown passes in this one. Wide receiver Marquez Vendel-Scantling with six receptions for 90 yards. Uh, wide receiver Nicole Hardman with four receptions for 73 yards. And running back Jarek uh, McKinnon with 53 yards rushing in this one as well. So the Chiefs offense continuing to look hot in this one. As for the Raiders, they move to now 1-4 on the season. A very disappointing record for what this team was expected to be. Uh, running back Josh Jacobs having a career night with 154 yards rushing and one touchdown. Wide receiver Devontae Adams with three receptions for 124 yards and two touchdowns. As he might be in some uh, trouble here after this game, which we'll go over here in a little bit. Quarterback Derek Carr with 241 yards passing and two touchdowns. And tight end Darren Waller, if you're looking for him in this game, he got knocked out in the first series of this one. Or first or second series it was, I should say. Uh, it was about after six plays as he ended up getting a hamstring injury and he was knocked out of the game. So we'll see how that Goes into next week as well. But speaking, going back to Devontae Adams, uh, he had some troubles after the game as he was walking tunnel, showing his frustration. As on the final, I think, final play for the Raiders in this game, uh, he was looking to go upfield to make a catch as he ended up running into Renfro uh, while they were doing their route, which caused the ball just to float in the middle of nowhere. Uh, Adams very unhappy at this one as he was walking to the locker room. Somebody walked in front of him, one of the cameramen. Uh, he ended up pushing him and knocking him down. Uh, so Adams could be in trouble for this one as he has also heard that the uh, photographer in that got pushed over has filed a police report and has said he was injured so that could lead to uh, some other issues for Adams as well as we're going to expect he's going to get uh, fined from the NFL and there's possibility of him also being suspended so uh, not good news for Dante Adams in this Las Vegas Raiders team as uh, more trouble's coming their way uh, and not, again, more just a horrible season for the Raiders as a lot of people were expecting to be a great one for them to make it back to the playoffs and do some more work and possibly advance to the next round of the playoffs as well. Uh, but again, not looking very bleak in this one with them being 1-4. and four. But on the other side, the Kansas City Chiefs continue to look hot. Uh, had some troubles in this one and had to come in late to win this game, but they were able to hold on and win it. Uh, so Kansas City Chiefs, again, uh, continue to look good as they move to 4-1. and one which is tied for the best record in the AFC as they continue to keep their hot streak and keep moving uh, through the AFC and possibly earning that number one seed going towards that playoffs. Then we had a the Dallas Cowboys beating the Los Angeles Rams 22-10 in this one. Dallas moving to 4-1 as they were able to be, uh, be led behind their running backs as running back Tony Pollard 86 yards in this one, one touchdown. Also running back Zeke Elliott having 78 yards in this game. Quarterback Cooper Rush only throwing for 102 yards thanks to the help he got from his running backs. Leading receiver is wide receiver C.D. Ram. Uh, five receptions, 53 yards. And kicker Brett Mayer went three for three on field goals in the game. And for the Rams, they go to a shocking two and three. So the Super Bowl champions not looking too good so far this year. As quarterback Matthew Stafford continues to turn the ball over in this game. As he threw for 308 yards, one touchdown, one interception, was also sacked five times. And with two fumble losses in the game as well. And his go-to receiver, it seems like every week, wide receiver Cooper Cup. Seven receptions, 125 yards, and a touchdown. Wide receiver 2-2 Atwell. With a one reception for 54 yards. And running back Cam Akers leading the backfield with only 33 yards in the game. So again, the Rams struggling. It seems like they cannot get the things rolling for them. Uh, it just seems like Cooper Cup is the only reliable receiver Matthew Stafford has right now. So some things need to get figured out on the receiver side and the running back side. Because the running backs have not been able to do too much at all this year as well. Well, on the other side of this game, the... Dallas Cowboys continue to roll. That defense is doing such an incredible job this year. Continue to be one of the two teams this year to not allow 20 or more points uh, in a game this year. 
The other team that would be the San Francisco 49ers, who also picked up a win this week. Uh, but again, Dallas continue to look hot. Uh, Cooper Rush doing what he needs to do to help this Dallas Cowboys team win. Uh, now we'll see when Dak is going to come back. Uh, that's got to be coming up sooner rather than later. So we'll wait and see when he does come back. But a huge game for the Cowboys this week, which we'll talk about here a little bit later in uh, this show. But next game we have to talk about from this week is the New York Giants, who will be taking on the who were able to beat, I should say, the Green Bay Packers 27 to 20 in a big upset over in London. The New York Giants go to four and one on the season, and were led by quarterback Daniel Jones, who went 21 for 27 for 217 yards. Wide receiver Darius Slayton with six receptions for 79 yards. Running back Shaquan Barkley, 70 yards and a touchdown in this game. And running back uh, Gary Brightwell and tight end Daniel Bellinger each had a rushing touchdown in this game as well. As for the Green Bay Packers, they go to 3-2 on the season. As quarterback Aaron Rodgers threw for 222 yards and two touchdowns. Wide receiver Randall Cobb, 7 receptions for 99 yards. Running back Aaron Jones, 63 yards rushing in this game. And wide receiver Alan Lazard and tight end Mercedes Lewis had a touchdown each in this game. Now, for the uh, before we go to the uh, team's results, this is actually the first time two teams have had a winning record going into the National Series, which is 32 games, which is a crazy number to think about. That He had 32 games there, yet you never had two teams with a winning record over uh, seas, which is incredible in my opinion. But either way, I guess it's good they, had, uh, they got another good game. It's back-to-back weeks. London has seen got given a show by the NFL. Uh, New York Giants, again, continue to look impressive. Uh, defense looking very sharp so far this year for the Giants, which is good to see for them. Uh, offense doing what they, again, doing what they need to do to win. Daniel Jones kind of protecting the ball as much as he can to make sure that he doesn't turn the ball over and not put his defense in trouble. That's been a key for the Giants this year. And Barkley looking like Barkley again as well is always a big thing for this Giants offense. Uh, taking some pressure off Jones and the receivers as well that now have to make big plays. So Barkley going being back and staying healthy has been a major key for this Giants team. And for the Packers, it just seems like Rodgers can, cannot get a good enough connection of his receivers. It just seems like Randall Cobb is the main guy he has to go to. And Cobb, being an older guy that he is, is not going to be the secret weapon to help you win games. So again, Rodgers he needs to get a better connection with his receivers at some point here. If his team is going to be making any kind of noise here in the playoffs. Uh, but again, congratulations to the Giants on picking another big win up. As they remain tied with the Cowboys at a 4-1 record so far this year. But still, they're trailing the Philadelphia Eagles. So maybe looking for some help from the Cowboys uh, next week as well. Speaking of that, games, week six games to watch uh, coming into this week. Uh, all these games will be on Sunday as the Baltimore Ravens will take on the New York Giants in a big game. That game happened at 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time Zone. So again, two teams that picked up big wins this week. Looking to add another one as they will be playing at MetLife Stadium. The 4-1 Minnesota Vikings, now leading the NFC North at the Packers' loss, will take on the Miami Dolphins at 3-2. That game also at 1 o'clock. The Buffalo Bills at 4-1 versus the Kansas City Chiefs at 4-1. Might be the game of the week. A lot of people will be keeping an eye on this one as this could be, again, another battle in the AFC and possibly a game in the AFC Championship here later in the playoffs as that game will be at 4.25 p.m. And on Sunday Night Football, a battle for the NFC East lead as the Dallas Cowboys at 4-1 will take on the only undefeated team remaining in the NFL. That is the Philadelphia Eagles. So a lot of great games happening here in Week 6 in the NFL. Uh, excited to see what's going to happen in all four of these games next week. And speaking of some news coming out of the NFL this week as well, uh, we have our first coach firing of the year already as Carolina Panthers have fired Matt Rule, after a 4-1 and start, that is according to Fox Sports, in his career with the Panthers, he was 11-27 and in three seasons. So not a good look for him. They're looking very good at Baylor uh, before coming to the Carolina Panthers. Just could not this, get this team to turn around. And he is now officially out as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. So uh, some not good news for the Panthers and some more bad news for the Panthers. Quarterback Baker Mayfield has suffered a high ankle sprain in Sunday's game against the 49ers. That is going to sleeper. Uh, he will probably be missing some time. I know Sam Darnold already injured. That leaves third-string quarterback P.J. Walker will be the starter for the future right now for the Carolina Panthers. So we'll see if he'll be able to do any better than Baker. Baker's struggling a lot this year, so maybe it might not be too much of a downgrade for the Panthers. Maybe it might be a little bit of change of scenery that they might need. Uh, but P.J. Walker looked like he'll be at least starting this week for the Panthers. Also, the NFLPA agrees to change the concussion protocol and urges the NFL to do the same before this week's uh, last week's games. That was according to ESPN. 
And I believe they did with the Miami Dolphins quarterback, uh, another quarterback getting a head injury, Teddy Bridgewater, as he was able to pass a concussion, concussion test, excuse me, but due to a new rule adding a take uh, taxia, uh, which is an improper balance and coordination, according to Mayo Clinic, to the no-go list. And what the ATC spotter saw, he ruled Teddy Bridgewater out, so that took him out of the game. Uh, so again, NFL would be a lot safer concussions. They see you a little wobbly or anything like that. They are going to take you out of the game and make sure you stay out, which that means that the Miami Dolphins may down be down to their third string quarterback. So not looking good for Miami after having a strong start to the season. Uh, they are just getting more and more people hurt, including their wide receiver Tyreek Hill, who was spotted wearing a walking boot after the game. So it'll be interesting to see what is wrong with him with that. I've not heard anything yet or seen anything yet about that. So we'll see what is up with Tyreek Hill. So that could be another huge loss for this Miami Dolphins team. Also, Denver's quarterback, uh, Russell Wilson, has suffered a partly torn lat near his right shoulder versus the Raiders a couple weeks ago, as according to Adam Scheffler and ESPN. So maybe that's why he was struggling a little bit with uh, the lat game on Thursday against the Colts. The, I mean, I'm not trying to give him an excuse or anything, but he did struggle in that game, and he's been struggling all season long, and it seems like there's been something wrong with Russell Wilson. So we'll maybe see if this is a, a, a problem with him. Uh, we'll see if he's going to need anything to get that fixed and if he might miss some time. So, again, another thing to keep an eye on. Also, Seattle Seahawks running back Rashad Penny will be out for the remainder of the season with a fractured fibula. That is according to NFL Network. So, uh, another major loss for the Seahawks, but now they will have to rely on their rookie running back, Kenneth Walker the third, as he had a good game uh, last Sunday to take it over for uh, Penny. So, we'll see if he'll be able to continue that as the season goes along. Also, Tennessee Titans rookie wide receiver Traylon Burks will be put on IR with turf, turf toe. That is according to Sleepers. So another uh, big loss for the Tennessee Titans. Also, congratulations to England Patriots head coach Bill Belichick as he coached his 400th game as a New England Patriot. In his career as a Patriot, he has 256 wins and 102 losses in the regular season, which is a 71.5% uh, win percentage for him. And then also in the playoffs, he's 30-12. and 12. With, again, pretty much exactly the same, a 71.4% winning percentage. Uh, and also in his career with the New England Patriots, he has six Super Bowl championships and also a three-time AP Coach of the Year. Uh, you can only add on these stats as one of the greatest coaches of all time. Uh, but again, not many coaches get to play a coach of 400 games for a team. So uh, congratulations to Coach Belichick on that accomplishment. Also, uh, one retirement happened this week as well in the NFL as wide receiver Cole Beasley announces his retirement. And that's according to Sleeper. He has a career. He had 11 seasons, 554 receptions, 5,726 yards, and 34 touchdowns as he played for the Cowboys, Bills, and Bucks. So congratulations on an incredible career, Cole Beasley. Uh, wish you the best on retirement. And the last thing from the NFL, uh, spoken on Saturday, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell said, uh, there is no question that London could support not just one franchise, but he thinks two. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing some uh, franchises go across the world, especially that London crowd. They seem very into the games. I think uh, it would be a fun place to be able to have a game. So we'll see what uh, happens with that here in the future. We'll be adding a two more teams to the NFL in the future, maybe four and have a whole division over in London area. We will have to wait and see. Uh, but the NFL could be going international very, very soon, which I think would be great for the uh, game. Uh, great to spread out to other countries, maybe get more countries involved. I like what they're doing with the international series right now. Anyways, I think it's uh, brilliant. Again, getting more people into the game, uh, growing the game is always a great thing. And we'll, again, see what this leads to in the future for the NFL. Now let's head over to college football, where we had uh, three major games on the week that were uh, interesting, at least the most. A lot of the uh, seeded games were pretty much blowouts, besides a few. Uh, so the first one I talk about, which was uh, one that avoided a major upset, and that was number one Alabama being able to just barely hang on and beat Texas A&M 24 to 20. This game came down to the final play as Texas A&M had the ball in the Alabama two, had one play to try to win it, but they had a horrible play call where even if the guy would have caught the ball, it would have been short of the goal line. So Alabama was able to survive, and they moved to 6-0 and on the season. And the reason that Alabama may have struggled this one is because they were without their Heisman quarterback, Bryce Young, who had sh uh, shoulder soreness in this one, as they hope he'll be able to already go uh, this in this coming week's game. Uh, filling in for him was quarterback Jalen uh, Melrose, 
who had 111 yards passing, three touchdowns, one interception. Also had 83 rushing yards, but did fumble the ball and lose it twice in this one. Running back Jameer Gibbs had a big game in the backfield with 154 yards rushing. Wide receiver Jermaine Burton with three receptions, 48 yards, and a touchdown. And wide receiver Ja'Cory Brooks and tight end Cameron Latou with a touchdown each in this one. As Texas A&M drops to 3-3 three and three on the season, quarterback Heinz King went 253 yards passing, two touchdowns, and one interception. Wide receiver Evan Stewart, eight receptions, 106 yards. Wide receiver Morse... Uh, uh, yeah, Morse, uh, Mohammed the third, six receptions, 64 yards, and one touchdown. And running back Devin uh, Achain with 62 yards rushing in the game as well. Tight end Donovan Green also getting a receiving touchdown. So Texas and M gave him a fight in this one for Alabama. It again came to the very wire, but Alabama was just barely able to hang on as they now have a very big game coming up this week in SEC play. Now we head over to the Pac-12 where we had number 18 UCLA remain undefeated as they were able to beat Utah, number 11 Utah, 24 to 40, excuse me, 42 to 32. UCLA moving to 6-0 on the season. Running back Zach Chabernal leading the way in the backfield, 198 yards rushing, one touchdown. So a great game by him. A quarterback, Darian Thomas Robinson with eight for 23 in the game, 299 yards, four touchdowns, one interception, also had a rushing touchdown in the game as well. Wide receiver Logan Lelay, uh, excuse me, one reception for 70 yards and one touchdown. Wide receiver Mike Ezekiel had two receptions for 62 yards in the game. Also wide receiver Jake Bobo with two touchdowns and wide receiver Cam Brown with a touchdown as well. For Utah, they moved to four and two on the season. Quarterback Cameron Rise, 287 yards passing, one interception, he also ran for 59 yards, two touchdowns, and also had a fumble loss. Running back Tavian Thomas, 91 yards rushing and a touchdown. Wide receiver Devon Valet with six receptions, 87 yards. And Dalton Kincaid with four receptions, 67 yards. And quarterback Clark Phillips, the third, with an 80-yard interception return for a touchdown. But another big win for UCLA, a team that not many people were seeing 6-0 midway through their season, but they have been able to do that as they will continue to climb up the rankings, especially think of a big win against Utah as UCLA now has their eyes on winning their division and locking up a spot in the Pac-12 championship game this year. And then we head over to the Big 12 for our final big game of the week, which is number 17 TCU was able to beat 19, number 19 Kansas. 38-31. TCU moving to 5-0 on the season. They were behind wide receiver Quinton Johnston, who had 14 receptions, 206 yards, and one touchdown. Quarterback Mats Digger, Duggar, Diggin, excuse me, 308 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, 55 yards rushing, and a touchdown. Quarterback Kendra Miller with 88 yards rushing and a touchdown. Wide receiver Darius Davis with two receptions, 58 yards, and a touchdown. And wide receiver Tay Barber with one touchdown in the game. And for Kansas, they suffered their first loss of the season as they moved to 5-1. and one. Again, another surprising team that no one would have thought would have been 5-0 and oh coming into this game, but they did a great job keeping up with TCU as well. As quarterback Jalen Daniels went 5-10 for 10 for 89 yards in this game, but he was knocked out in the first half of the right shoulder injury, which brought in quarterback Jason Bean, who had a good game for 262 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. Wide receiver Quinton Skinner with four receptions, 98 yards, and two touchdowns. Running back Devin Neal, 88 yards in this game. Tight end Mason Farfchild with three receptions, 80 yards, and a touchdown. And wide receiver Luke Graham, six receptions, 73 yards, and one touchdown. As now TCU continues to keep building on their momentum as they get ready for also, I believe, a big game coming up uh, this week as well in the Big 12. But the rankings for the NCAA football have changed up all around here in the top 10 as the top 8 spots were all moved around as we now have a new number 1 once again this week as Georgia moves up one spot back to number 1 like they were at the beginning of the season. Moving up to number 2 now is Ohio State who moves up a spot, dropping Alabama to number 3 down 2 spots. Clemson moves up to 4th as Michigan will drop down 1 to 5th. Tennessee picks up a win this week, moves them up the sixth place, up two. Number seven will be USC now, who drops down one. Eighth, moving down one as well as Oklahoma State. And then staying in ninth is Old Miss, and staying in their position in tenth as well is 
Penn State. And only three teams moving into the top 25 this week, as in number 23 will be Texas. Number four, another surprising team moving 5-1 on the season is Illinois. And moving up to 25, undefeated so far in the season, is James Madison. And out of the top 25 this week is BYU, Washington, and UCLA. So we came in this week with 16 undefeated teams. Well, we only lost one, and that was Kansas because we had a battle of two undefeated teams. So now we're only down to 15 undefeated teams on the season. That is UCLA, Ohio State, Coastal Carolina, Oklahoma State, Penn State, Clemson, TCU, Syracuse, UC, USC, James Madison, Tennessee, Michigan, Old Miss, Alabama, and Georgia. And we might see quite a few of these undefeated teams drop this week because we have a, quite a few battles between undefeated teams. This could be one of the biggest weeks of the college football here this week. As games to watch this week, we'll start off what's happening at noon. A big battle in the Big Ten as number 10 Penn State takes on number 5 Michigan. Again, that game is at noon Eastern Standard Time. And then we have quite a few great games at 3 o'clock. Number 3, Alabama, takes on number 6, Tennessee, in SEC play. That is at 3.30. Then in the Big 12, number 8, Oklahoma State, takes on number 13, TCU. That game also at 3.30. And wrapping up the 3.30 games, we had number 15, North Carolina State, taking on number 18, uh, Syracuse. Again, another team that is very surprising to be undefeated uh, so far on the season. And then we go to... Uh, our 7-30 game that is going to be Clemson taking on Florida State. And then we have number 16, Mississippi State taking on Kentucky, number 22 in the country at 7-30 as well. And then wrapping up the night, we have number 7, UCLA taking number 20, Utah, a battle in the Pac-12 as that game will be played at 8 o'clock. So like I mentioned, a lot of great games happening in college football this week as we will, no matter what, see one, two, three, at least undefeated teams lose this week. Uh, all those games early in the day as well. So it'll be a very fun uh, week to watch. We'll see how much the change are going to change up this week as well. But again, a lot of great action happened in college football this week. So make sure we keep an eye on all those big games and we'll talk about them next week as well. Now head over to the NASCAR playoffs where they wrapped up the round of 12 this week. Eight drivers would advance to the next round, and one of the drivers advancing the next round is the winner of the race at the Charlotte Motor Speedway Roval, and that was Christopher Bell who picks up the win, which is his second win on the season, as it did not look like he was even going to be able to make the playoffs coming into this one, as he was 33 points out from the cut line, but with the win, he automatically locks up his spot and is going to the next round of the playoffs. Uh, the top five of this one, as the rest of the drivers in the top five were not playoff drivers, as number in second place was Kevin Harvick. Third place was Kyler, uh, Kyle Busch. Fourth place, the road course ringer, A.J. Allmendinger, which we have news on him to talk about here a little bit later as well. And in fifth place, his teammate, Justin Haley. And the playoff drivers wrapping out the top five, we have... Uh, Chase Briscoe finished in 9th place, 13th was Denny Hamlin, 16th William Byron, 18th Joey Logano, 20th Chase Elliott, 21st Austin Sendrick, 26th Ryan Blaney, 35th Kyle Larson, 36th Daniel Suarez, and 37th Ross Chastain, as you, can, as you can tell. Not a lot of good finishes for these playoff drivers, as there's a lot going on at the end of this race, especially those final couple laps. It seems like Chase Elliott had a good advantage to win this race. He was wiped out by A.J. Allmendinger. And then a lot of other things happened. Christopher Bell was ended up having the freshest tires in the front. He was able to pass Kevin Harvick and take the lead. Uh, we also had Austin Cedric get lapped, well, wiped out on the final lap as it looked like he was going to be able to make the playoffs. We had Chase Briscoe, who was flying through the field to try to make the playoffs. He would barely be able to do that, which we'll go over that in just a second, the playoff standings. And Kyle Larson having issues with his car as he ended up hitting the wall. Same with Ross Chastain. Daniel Suarez had some sort of issue as well as he had uh, in his, with his engine. Uh, just so much happening throughout this race of tr issues that it just cost a lot of people positions. And it honestly cost a couple people playoff wins as well. As a lot of people now looking to see what they will be able to do now as the uh, playoffs continue. But we'll go into the playoff standings now as we go into the round of eight as this is the eight drivers going into that in first place was chase elliott who will now have 31 point advantage going into this round second place is joey logano who will be 11 point advantage going in the round 
Third will be Chase uh, Ross Chastain. Six-point advantage going this round. And in fourth place, and will be able to be at the cut line, it will be Ch uh, Christopher Bell with a three-point advantage. As those four are right now in the best spot to advance to the championship race at Phoenix Motor Speedway to begin the round of eight. In fifth place will be Ryan Blaney. He'll start three points out for the cutoff line. Sixth place, William Byron, also three points out. Might, and for those who might be wondering how much of a factor this, uh, something had to do with uh, William Byron this week, William Byron's post-Texas penalty for crashing Denny Hamlin was turned around on Thursday. So he did, got his 25 points back that he lost. And it was also only fined $100,000 from that. That's according to NASCAR. So a huge turn of events for William Byron. That allowed him to advance to the round of eight. And seventh place, Denny Hamlin, who is probably not happy that William Byron got those points back. He is going to be five points out from the cutoff to begin this round. And then getting the final spot in the playoff round of eight is Chase Briscoe. Like I mentioned earlier, got a little bit of help from his teammate Cole Custer at that last lap, blocking some people for him, which we'll talk about that here in a second as well. But Briscoe will advance in the final spot, which leaves four drivers out. And uh, one of the first one is a shocker to a lot of us, as it would be Kyle Larson, the champion of the 2021 NASCAR season, is already out of the playoffs. He missed out by two points, but he was coming to that race up by 18. That damage he took from hitting the wall cost him and as he is now out of the playoffs. It's been a very weird for Carl Larson, only having one win on the season. Uh, in 10th place eliminated will be Daniel Suarez. He was 9 points out from the cutoff line. He came in this race 12 points above the cutoff line. Again, trouble him with his engine. Uh, fluid issues, so he uh, had a lot of troubles that cost him in this race. 11th was Austin Cedric, who was tied for the, at the cut line coming in this race. He missed it by 13 points. And in 12th, Alex Bowman, who was 89 points out. That is because he had to miss the last two races because of a crash. He suffered at Texas Motor Speedway getting a concussion and playing it safe and not racing in these races, as I would not be surprised now. If we, Alex Bowman just sits out the rest of the year and make sure he stays healthy as we wish him the best. Another driver that ended up missing a race this week was Cody Ware, who uh, missed a rubble due to a broken right foot he suffered at Texas, as according to ESPN. He just couldn't handle the man of a road course moving his foot back and forth, so understandable on that one. Uh, some other news from NASCAR. Uh, colleague Racing announces AJ Allmendinger will be racing full-time in the Cup Series in 2023. That is according to NASCAR. Uh, he has had a great couple of years in the Xfinity Series. As he's, in those 62 races he has raced so far in the past two years, he has 10 wins, 33 top fives, and 48 top tens. He's also had somewhat of a career in the Cup Series. I should say somewhat. He raced eight full seasons in the Cup Series. Uh, 390 starts, two wins. His last one coming at the Indy Road Course last year. And 15 top fives and 66 top tens in the Cup Series. And replacing him in the Xfinity Series will be Chandler Smith. In uh, the truck, he's been racing the tracks full-time the Cup Truck Series the past couple of years. He has five wins, 14 top fives, and 23 top tens. Uh, speaking of the Roval, actually, we uh, just saw this right before I got on doing this broadcast. Uh, driver Cole Custer, the number one forty team, is actually going to be penalized for doing what they did to help Briscoe get into the playoffs. Uh, so he was uh, pretty much was blocking a couple of drivers, hoping uh, Briscoe get around him to get some of the points he needs to advance. Uh, even though I think he would have advanced either way because he would have had the advantage over Larson if he would have stayed in the spot he was in. But they have fined him $100,000, Custer and his crew chief, uh, Shiplet, as Shiplet will also be suspended indefinitely by NASCAR. And he has also issued a 50-point deduction uh, to their driver and owner points. So a big loss for Custer on that one. Trying to help out a teammate, which... I don't think should be a penalty. You have teammates. It's not interfering. It's just doing what you need to do to help your teammate advance. I think it happens all the time in NASCAR. So I'm kind of shocked that there's this much of a penalty for it. Uh, but Cole Custer will be penalized for that one. And even though, either way, though, his teammate is going to advance in the playoffs. Another penalty that was announced from Texas is Kevin Harvick. And his crew member issued a level 2 penalty. They were docked 100 points. And crew chief Roddy... Childers was suspended four races after Talladega, so he will not be able to come back, I believe, until it will be the championship race at Phoenix. So a big loss for Kevin Harvick. Uh, the penalty was for an unapproved modification of a single source part. And also a couple of drivers who are making a couple of ladies that will be coming to the Xfinity Series this year. Haley Deegan will be racing at Las Vegas in the Xfinity Series for SS Greenlight Racing. Uh, there's also many beliefs that she might be moving up to the Xfinity Series next year. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last week for a truck series uh, record in the past couple years, racing full-time in that series. 
Uh, she has had 44 races and three top 10s. Average finish for her 21st, so not too great. But again, she brings in a lot of sponsors. So we'll be able to see what Haley Deegan will be able to do in the Xfinity Series this coming week at Las Vegas. Also, uh, Jayla Landauer, uh, Dower will be uh, racing at Homestead in the Xfinity Series for Team Alpha Prime, the number 44 Chevy. She did race one year race this year. I believe that was at New Hampshire, where she ended up finishing in 36. Uh, she was not able to finish that race as she was involved in an incident. Uh, but in her career, her career so far, I had to look, get, look into her because I never really heard about her. But she ended up joining the NASCAR World and Euro Series in 2020. Was also part of the K&N Pro Series West in 2016. Uh, I'll be interested to see how Landauer will be able to do in the Xfinity Series as well here in a couple weeks at Homestead. But again, this week, uh, all I believe every one of those series will be heading to Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Uh, a lot of great action going to happen there to begin the round of eight for each of the series. I believe it is for each of the series. Oh, for the, at least for the Xfinity and Cup series, it will be the round of eight. Uh, for the truck series, I believe it's the round of six, I believe they go to at this point. As, nope, it is round, okay, yep, it is round of eight for them, so... Each team will begin the round of eight this week at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. So a lot of great action is going to happen. And actually, uh, the trucks will not be in Vegas this week. It will just be the Xfinity and Cup Series. But now that I'm looking at this right now, so the Xfinity and Cup Series will be going to Vegas. Uh, Xfinity on Saturday, Cup Series on Sunday. So those two series will be getting the round of eight. Now we go to the NBA, which they will be getting their season next Tuesday. Uh, but before we get into that season, we're going to talk about the Golden State Warriors who are having some issues at practice as Draymond Green ended up punching Jordan Poole in the face at practice. Uh, looks like they were jawjacking a little bit. We've seen the video. If you haven't seen the video, uh, Poole was talking to Green a little bit uh, as he was about to inball the ball. Uh, Green would get in his face and throw a bump him in the chest. We'd see uh, Poole try to push him and then out of nowhere, Draymond Green would punch him in the face and everything. Got broken up at that point. Green would say on Saturday that he would step away from the team for a few days. That is according to ESPN. Uh, so we'll see what kind of uh, what this will issue this will cause for this team. Uh, even though I'm pretty sure they'll be fine with Clay Thompson and uh, Steph Curry, I think that they'll get things figured out here on this team. But Green, known to be a hothead at times, so uh, it's it's understandable to see this from him. Uh, surprising, he'd punch his own teammate. I guess he's also from redheads and other issues in the past with him. So. We'll see what happens to Jeremiah Green with this one and what kind of punishment he'll take from the team. Uh, but again, I'm expecting that the team will probably do something, Jeremiah Green, maybe to begin this season. And speaking of beginning of the season, like I mentioned, the NBA regular season will begin on October 18th on Tuesday. The Philadelphia 76ers will begin the season taking on the Boston Celtics at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, again, a lot of things happening with the Celtics so far this offseason, so we'll see how they look in the first game of the season, especially after losing in the NBA Finals last week. To the team they'll be playing in the second game of the night as the Los Angeles Lakers will be taking on the NBA champions from last season, the Golden State Warriors. That game will be at 10 o'clock p.m. So a couple of great games to begin the NBA season. We'll go over the NBA season a little bit more next week. Uh, but again, the NBA season beginning on October 18th. Speaking of seasons beginning, the NHL began their season this week as they began it overseas as the National Predators were able to pick up the first four points of the season as they were able to beat the San Francisco San Jose Sharks twice in the NHL Global Series in Prague, Czech Republic. So a couple of big wins for the Predators in that one. As everybody else begins their season on Tuesday, October 11th, as they get ready to for the long haul of the season, as the Colorado Avalanche look to repeat once again, they are the favorite to win the the championship this year, according to DraftKings, as they have a 380 plus 380 odds to win the championship. Next in line are the Toronto Maple Leafs at plus 700, Florida Panthers at plus 900 and third, and fourth the Carolina Hurricane at 1100, and the Tampa Bay Ray, uh, Lightning. I'll uh, round up the top five for the odds of the championship at plus 1,200. So, again, NHL action is getting ready to begin. It'll be interesting to see who's going to start off the season on the on a good note. Uh, but, again, great to see hockey back. Uh, seeing more all, pretty much all four sports will be begin playing at once uh, starting next week, also when the NBA begins. And now over to a little bit of soccer news as Argentina's Lionel Messi has confirmed that the 2022 World Cup will be his final World Cup, uh, incredible career by Messi, uh, one of the greatest soccer players to ever play the game. Uh, his World Cup stats coming this one, 19 matches, 
He's played in six goals and five assists. Uh, but again, Messi, uh, I believe this is, would be his fifth World Cup, if I remember looking at that correctly. Uh, but again, Messi playing in his final World Cup coming up here in November. So we'll see what he'll be able to do with Argentina as they look to claim a World Cup championship. But that is all the sports I got to talk about here today. Like I mentioned, a lot of great things happening in sports this week. We have the NHL season beginning. The MLB Divisional Series have, are going to be underway. A lot of big games in college football this week between three, uh, three games at least with top 13 teams all undefeated going head-to-head -head against each other. Uh, possibly all competing for a chance to win their division and also move up those rankings to get into the top four and a chance to get into the playoffs. Also in the NFL, quite a few big games happening in that one as well. As we'll see who will be able to come out of the with wins in week six of that. And there's a lot of sports action happening. And we end the, end the NBA next week, which makes things great. It's the dream of every sports fan to have everything going on at once. It should be an exciting time for every sports fan out there. And we're going to keep on adding on as the seasons go along. Uh, but again, that is all the sports I have to talk about here today. Thank you guys for tuning in with me. Don't forget to, for the latest information on the show, you can follow me on Twitter and like me on Facebook at Cold Talk. That is at C-O-L-E-D-T-A-L-K. I know you can message me questions or topics you'd like to hear on the show. You can even tweet with me during the events. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Also, don't forget to subscribe and or follow button to get alerts when the newest episodes are released. Uh, coming out tomorrow, I'll be talking about the NFL as we'll talk about week six. I'll be going over each of the games in week five and talk about each game happening in week six as well. Also, my prediction of what's going to happen in week six, so make sure you tune into that on Wednesdays. Also, uh, later today, I should have my WWE Raw episode out talking about what happened on Monday. Also on Wednesday, I'll be having my NXT episode talking about what happened on that show. Thursday, we'll be talking about what happened on AEW. Friday, we'll be doing a preview for the NXT pay-per-view, or premium live event, whatever you want to call it, uh, to, uh, Halloween Havoc. Then on Saturday, we'll be talking about WWE SmackDown. Sunday or Monday, I can't get it. I look at, remember to look at when the Halloween uh, Havoc premium live event happens. Uh, but one of those two days, we'll be talking about what happened at that event, going over the results for that. So make sure you keep an eye out on all those episodes are released. Again, you can do that by hitting the subscribe and or follow button. Also, uh, you can find the podcast on Google and Apple. Uh, make sure you look for those if you want to subscribe on those as well. But once again, thank you guys for tuning with me today. Thank you guys for listening. I am your host, Cole Martins, and you guys all have a great day.